It is us again at D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. So let's start with the royals. Which royals, Michael? Lord. <laughs> I just got it. I know. I don't know why I came up with Lord out no, of I all don't... royals. No, get it? It's the song. Yeah, that's why I said it, but I don't know why. I should have said like... Lord? Yeah, I don't know what I would... Lord. <laughs> okay, so we're going to print talk about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Mm-hmm. They have had a good month so far. Meghan was suing the British tabloid The Mail on Sunday for publishing parts of a private letter she wrote to her father, Thomas Markle. Uh, Meghan has been trying to avoid going to trial and argue that there's enough evidence to prove her privacy was violated and there's no need for a trial, the court agreed and gave her a summary judgment, which was a big win, and the case is not going to get a full trial. Mm -hmm. So that happened. That's good news for her. And on Valentine's Day, Harry and Meghan, along with probably millions of couples, announced that she's pregnant again. Mm -hmm. So Harry and Meghan's first kid, Archie, turns two in May, Last year, Megan also shared in a New York Times op-ed piece that she suffered a miscarriage last summer. Uh, with the news of Megan's pregnancy, Harry and Megan released a black and white picture that their photographer friend, Misan Harriman, took remotely via an iPad during these times. I mean, you know what? They're rich enough that they probably have like the best iPad and the best cameras, so... If it was anyone else trying to pass stuff, I'd be like, no, nah, someone was there in your backyard. But I think it was remote. Yeah. Are they, are they probably? Yeah, I think it's remote. I believe them. So <laughs> if you haven't seen the picture, let me paint it for you. So it's black and white and they're sitting on a lawn in front of a tree. Mm-hmm. Also, at the end of the movie Notting Hill, Hugh Grant is sitting on a bench And Julia Roberts is lying with her head on his lap and she's holding her pregnant belly. So Harry and Meghan are doing that pose. But his feet are like all up in our faces. So the picture is like if Notting Hill as directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yes, and it isn't black and white. So that's very Quentin Tarantino. I'm surprised that you pulled Notting Hill. That's exactly... Immediately you, what I thought of when I saw that picture. The big Notting Hill fan. I never would have guessed. Oh my gosh. It's probably one of my favorite rom-coms. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm learning so much about you. Like the Today Show did something for Valentine's Day. Like what, you know, people have, people voted on like the best rom-com. And I think when Harry Met Sally won and then yeah. Pretty Woman was number two. I was like, no, Notting Hill's number one. <laughs> did you write them a letter? <laughs> I should. Several, several. <laughs> several, yeah. So Harry and Meghan probably chose Valentine's Day because uh, on the, as of the day to announce their new baby because Princess Diana announced she was pregnant with Harry on February 13th. So what we know about this baby is that this kid is due at the end of spring. That's what Us Weekly says. That means she's due like in May? Yeah, that's like, because to me, June is summer. Yeah, June, I think, is the start of summer. Yeah. So that means she's around six months pregnant. So this baby will be eighth in line to the throne. 
And royal experts believe that Harry and Meghan will not give their baby a royal title. Like Archie could have been his royal highness, but they didn't want that. So he's just Master Archie. Mm -hmm. And people are already betting on what this baby's name will be. And up there are names like Alfie and Thomas for a boy and Alexandra and Diana for a girl. Where are these people getting these names from? Well, I don't think they're going to go with Thomas because Thomas is Megan's father's name and they don't have the best relationship. So, yeah, I don't think she went. I don't think she was a constant reminder of uh, the dad who sold her private letters to the mail on Sunday. Just a hunch. Yeah, yeah probably not. Um, and Diana, uh, that's a lot to live up to. So I don't think they're going to do that that's, either. Yeah, that's too heavy. That's like naming your kid Madonna or Beyonce. It's, it's uh, yeah, especially much. if Beyonce, Madonna and Beyonce are your are your grandmothers, and y- you got to live up to them. Yeah. And there's Southern Californians now, so they're gonna they're gonna go with like quinoa or yeah. tofu, windy. When Nobu, Nobu Malibu, that that's what it's going to be. Nobu, Nobu Malibu. Malibu, Michael. I'm not lying. Nobu Malibu is kind of a nice name. Oh my god, it's nice. I like it. Malibu. That's a great name. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's a stripper name, which I love. I love a good yeah. stripper name. So there's more Harry and Meghan news on top of that. So they're going to do their first sit down, tell all interview since leaving their jobs as working royals so they're going to do it with oprah which makes sense harry and oprah are doing a series on mental health with apple tv and oprah lives in montecito where harry and megan live so it will air on march 7th on cbs and it will be 90 minutes long why is it 90 minutes long well because we're all stuck inside they know that we're uh, not going anywhere yeah, but there's so many things to watch. Uh, they better spill some shit if if we have to sit there for 90 minutes. Oh, but you know they'll tease it before oh every God. commercial break. And then they'll finally, at the very end, they'll be like, tune in for next time when we finally reveal the thing we were teasing a reveal on. She better <laughs> not Next time shit. it will be, we are proud to announce we're naming our baby Nobu Malibu. <laughs> that would be big, though. I'd be in it. I'd be in it. We don't know if the interview already happened or is going to be recorded soon, but the British tabloids are seething about, well, they're seething about the pregnancy announcement and this interview because, you know, Harry and Meghan have sued over their privacy being violated. Yeah. So the tabloids always make fun of them when they do things that are public. Mm-hmm. Like announcing Megan's pre- pregnancy or this Oprah interview. They're like, oh, I thought you were so private. Yeah. Right. But meanwhile, it's like, shit, get over it. It's like one picture. You know what I mean? Like, what are the only options sharing a picture every single day or going into hiding and being a hermit? There's a gray area in between there. Yeah, I think that's that's what they want. But uh, mm-hmm. let me give you an example. Of, okay. Of, so the Daily Star, which is super trashy. Mm-hmm put Megan and Harry's pregnancy picture on their front page, but they blacked out their eyes, like, you know, with privacy bars. Yes. And the headline is publicity shy woman tells 7.6 billion people. I'm pregnant. This <laughs> oh was. <my> God. 
the time the time they have oh my god i was like this is kind of art this borders art also 7.6 billion people i love how they assume that like everybody has access to the internet and that everybody has seen this pregnancy announcement oh yeah every single person it's great the exaggeration (laughs) on it is why stop there why not be like 7.6 billion humans 8.8 globular robulars that's an alien race by the way oh my (laughs) god they should have covered everyone (laughs) no i just made it up i should write for star trek you should (laughs) so um and piers morgan who's pretty much made a career out of hating megan Mm -hmm. he kind of said the same thing on twitter like made fun of harry and megan for releasing their pregnancy news when they're supposed to be oh so private i mean i have a question for you do you think that when somebody says, like, I want to live a private life, how do you feel about when they, like, release, like, a, let's say, you know, a pregnancy, like a, a Notting Hill style pregnancy picture? Did they specifically say that? They didn't. Like, I want to, I think, I don't know if they specifically said that. They just said, like, we don't. They they were kind of saying, like, um, that they didn't want to, like, they didn't want to fuck around with the British press anymore, which are, like you know, the type of no disrespect to the British press or anything, the bastards. Except Piers Morgan. <laughs> Except Piers Morgan. But like I think that they were just saying like we didn't want to live in the type of fishbowl where like the Daily Mail is, you know, reporting on farts and burps and stuff. Yeah. And Megan did say like in that um they you know when they went to Africa they had a they had a special on them. Yeah. She did say like when she was pregnant it was very difficult because the British tabloids were dragging her yeah, left exactly. and right. Yeah. So I think, like, I don't know if they said, like, oh, we want a private life. I think they just said, yeah, like you said, they want to be away from the British tabloids. Yeah, and they just said, too, like, we don't want to, we don't want to be, like, royal, senior royals anymore. Which, I mean, can you blame them? It seems like a really boring job. Well, you have to wave a lot, and I hate waving. So yeah, I would fail at that job. Oh, the friendliness, Michael. You have to be friendly all the time. Uh, yeah, no, I would. I would definitely flop. Yeah, I mean, I know that we're both. You and I are both in the running, you know, for, to become senior royals. But I'm sorry, <laughs> we're gonna have to turn that down. We're not into being that friendly all the time. We're gonna have to pass. Yeah, and you, I can't see you wearing pantyhose all the time. Pantyhose. Yeah. No. I, do you think I'd be able to put them on over top of my sweatpants? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Not interested. <laughs> so yeah, it, it doesn't. That's not going to work for us. <laughs> so we re- we respectfully decline. Okay. So moving on to uh, this would be like the continuation of our presentation on framing Britney Spears. So we talked about framing. Excuse me. The New York Times presents framing Britney Spears, as I believe that's like their full. Uh, title of it. So we talked about the New York Times presents Br- Framing Britney Spears last week, which is a documentary um, that was made by the New York Times and aired on FX about Britney Spears's conservatorship and kind of how she got in that place and the beginning of her career and all that. I mean, even if you haven't seen it, you've probably seen people write about it on social media or had a friend who talked about it. I mean, a lot of people are very interested in it. So one of the things that we talked about was that the documentary definitely establishes a couple villains and the most well-established villains are the paparazzi that followed her around constantly, like in, you know, 
2004, and the conservatorship that she has been under for almost 13 years, where we know her dad, Jamie Spears. Wait, was 2002? Uh, wasn't it like 2005, 6, 7? Um, it was, it like kind of started in 2000. I would say it started in 2002 because that's when her and um, Justin broke up. Oh, okay. okay. And so I feel like it kind of started there. And then like, for example, the video for Britney's uh, song, Every Time, was released, I believe, in 2003. And that was okay. kind of her talking about being followed all the time. And, like that was just sort of like the little tip of the iceberg. But yeah, obviously, you were correct when you say that it kind of, I would say it was at its maximum in like 2005. So um, the point is that it it covers all that. So um, it covers the paparazzi. The another villain is obviously the conservatorship and like her dad, Jamie. There are a couple secondary villains like Diane Sawyer and Matt Lauer, which kind of talks about obviously the media, um, their role in like how Brittany ended up where she is. But one of the ones that kind of, I would say the one that was like up for the least debate was Justin Timberlake. So we talked about this last week when we said that like Justin Timberlake doesn't have the most flattering portrayal in framing Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. And it's because, you know, they, so they both, they dated for like three years. I think they broke up in 2002 when they were both 21 years old. And I mean, there should be no villain when we're talking about 21 year olds that break up. But Justin, like the accusation is that he used his breakup with Britney Spears to launch his solo career. Like his first single was Crimea River. And we know mm-hmm. that it was like allegedly about Britney Spears cheating on him. And he hired a Britney Spears lookalike for the video. And then, you know, he said in an interview, uh, because like when Britney was kind of first starting out, she was asked many times about like, whether or not she was like a virgin and she said i want to wait until marriage so that was kind of a theme when they were um dating and then after they broke up justin would like you know like he'd be asked about it in interviews and he'd say like yeah i had sex with her and all that stuff and it was it was very gross and like invasive yeah. but also it was like she was definitely villainized and he was just like he became popular obviously. yeah she was like the cheating slut and he was the victim yeah, he was like, oh, this beautiful, curly-haired angel, Justin Timberlake. Oh, how could that slut whore Britney Spears cheat on him? And so he kind of rode that wave for a and while. She, yeah, and she never really said bad shit about him. No, she didn't. The worst she said was that it was like there was two sides to every story. Which, I mean, that's what everybody says, too. So it's like she didn't say anything rude or whatever. It was not the... It was not the best position for him to be in anyways. So um, a lot of people were saying like, you know, it's all kind of building blocks to, you know, that were like leading up to um, her needing a conservatorship in 2008 and that he contributed heavily to it. That's That's the accusation. So obviously someone told Justin Timberlake that like, it's not a good look for him in this movie. Like, I assume that he asked someone being like, oh, do they talk about me? Because, you know, like, Justin Timberlake like, only cares if people are talking about him. And they're like, yes, Justin, I have terrible news. You are the bad guy in this movie. Yeah. And there was, like, people on Twitter. There were articles saying, like, you need to apologize, Justin. So people were loud about how they felt he needed to publicly apologize to her. Absolutely. Also, it was compounded with the fact that, like, 
he's still on a whole lot of people's shit list for letting Janet Jackson take the fall for that Super Bowl for performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of people were like looking at him with like, you know, like when you do wide eyes, someone and you're like, Oh, are you going to do anything about that? So he issued an apology. So it was kind of a long ish apology. And he starts out saying, I'm just going to read a little bit of it because you know, we'll sum it up. So he says, I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, and I want to respond. I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, because I care for and respect these women, and I know I have failed. The industry is flawed. It sets men, especially white men, up for success. As a man in a privileged privileged position, I have to be vocal about this. And I love how it's like, you have to be vocal now, at this moment, when your ears are hurting from everybody calling you an asshole and like tagging you and messaging you and tw- tweeting at you. And he didn't write that. Let's be real. No, he definitely didn't because like there was nothing about how like his smoke and hot wife. Like I feel like every time Justin Timberlake writes something, he always has to throw in how hot his wife is. Yeah. Am I he, the only sh- one? <laughs> they should have thrown that in to make it seem like it came from him because yeah, it did not. I, I don't think he wrote that. And no. it's not the worst apology no i would expect him to write an apology like you know i'm watching and i'm learning you know how celebrities say that now yes oh my god yeah it's it's time for me to no i've spoken but it's time for me to sit quietly and listen for once yeah it's always listening and learning oh my god he didn't do that so yeah i don't think it, it it was the worst apology he didn't get specific like why are yeah, why are you specifically apologizing to Britney Spears to and Britney Janet Jackson? Spears. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that that he, he could have done. And also, like, if I was his PR person, I would say, first, you need to privately apologize to Britney and Janet. Privately. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> go on Instagram and say, I've apologized privately to Britney and Janet. But yeah. now I want to. Exactly. Because it's like, Janet may not see this shit. I mean, I'm sure they did because... It made headline news, sadly. Mm -hmm. But she may not see it. Yeah, we don't know what kind of social media presence she has. Or Britney. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Also, he's like, oh, because I care for and respect these women. Not to pull a pheromone, but no, you don't. You don't care for and respect these women. That's why you have to release the uh, apology in the first place. Um, Also, so we know that janet jackson maybe is at least aware of um justin timberlake's apology because so britney didn't respond which it i mean makes sense because she doesn't really comment too much on stuff like that but janet responded to a tweet that was posted by um tanashi who's a singer and she was just talking about like Justin's apology and how like you know she loves Britney Spears she loves Janet Jackson and like how those women deserve apologies and then someone um asked her like what's your favorite Janet album and she said like Velvet Rope like all of our favorite albums is Velvet Rope I shouldn't say all of us a lot of us anyways and so Janet responded to that one with a black heart emoji and a hug emoji so maybe she knows yeah she knows or maybe she just is aware of tanashi really liking the velvet rope well and also because of the justin thing like fans 
um, got her album Control, which is from 1986, I believe, Control to number one on the Apple uh, pop album charts. Mm -hmm. So she like did a video and said, thank you for that. Thank you for the love. And I'm so thankful for all of you being in my life. You're so special to me. And I want to thank all of you for making Control number one once again after 35 years. I never, never in a million years, I, I would never think that this would happen. I really appreciate you and I love you so, so much. Thank you. So some like people took that as her response, but yeah. it, she, she wasn't directly responding to what just Justin's apology. She was responding to her fans, like having her back and streaming her album so it could get to number one. Janet Jackson, always very diplomatic. Yeah, very. And when is Justin going to apologize for that troll song is oh what I want to know. That, I'll take a double apology with Man of the Woods as well. Yes, both of those. And you, yeah, on he needs to get back on the notes app, get his publicist back on the notes app and write apology for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's end this part of the show with an update from a story we did last week. Mm-hmm. The Gorilla Glue Hair Saga. Mm-hmm. We have some very important updates on that. So just to bring you up to date, Tessica Brown is a 40-year-old mother of five from Louisiana. She went viral after she said on TikTok that she ran out of her usual hairspray. And so she used Gorilla Glue spray on her hair, which obviously was not a good decision. So the Gorilla Glue basically shellacked her hair and it was bonded to her scalp for a month. And she tried all sorts of ways to get the glue out. And she finally went to the ER and they tried to get rid of the glue using nail polish remover and saline water. Eventually, Tessica was able to cut her ponytail off, but her hair was still glued to her scalp. So when we last left this story, Tessica was on her way to a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills to get the glue out. Mm -hmm. The plastic surgeon, Dr. Michael Obeng, used medical-grade glue remover to get rid of the Gorilla Glue in her hair. It took four hours, but he finally freed her hair and scalp of the Gorilla Glue prison it was trapped in. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think of the gasp her scalp let out when that glue came off. It was like singing like a choir of angels. Yeah. Ah! (laughs) So congrats to her scalp. Um, The procedure usually costs $12,500, but since Tessica is a TikTok star now, Dr. Obeng did it for free. I mean, it's good. It is good uh, advertising, free advertising for him. Yes, it is. I never knew who Dr. Michael Obeng is. Now I do. He's a hair hero. A hero, if you will. A hero, 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 hero. So there's also updates on other stuff I mentioned while covering this in the last episode. So there was talk that just Tessica was thinking of suing Gorilla Glue because the warning label doesn't specifically state to use it on your hair, Mm -hmm. even though I know not to use it on my hair and I'm dumb as shit. It's true, but hey, if it doesn't say hair on it, then get litigious, baby. (laughs) But TMZ has been, they've been all over the story. 
this, this is, is their Watergate. <laughs> yeah, this is their Watergate, Gorilla Glue Gate. Like they're all all about. They've had so many articles about this story. So they they said that she was going to sue, but Tessica told Entertainment Tonight that's not true, and she's not planning to sue. So Tessica isn't going to sue Gorilla Glue yet, but she is threatening to sue a blogger who claimed that she is lying and that she made it all up for attention. So the blogger claimed that Tessica didn't even use Gorilla Glue. And he showed a video of a woman trying to disprove Tessica's claims by spraying Gorilla Glue on her hair and then brushing it out. And, I mean, we really don't need a Gorilla Glue hairspray challenge, but that's what's happening, I guess. Um, So she's threatening to sue over that. She said she didn't make it up for attention mm-hmm. it really happened and tessica set up a gofundme to cover her medical expenses it's almost at twenty four thousand dollars. she says she's plans to donate most of it to a charity called the restore foundation which provides reconstructive surgery to people born with deformities in developing countries and this may not be the last we hear from Tessica Brown because she signed with a talent agency. Good for her. Another hair hero. Yeah. So hero. you hear that actors who can't get an agent do some stupid shit on TikTok and you'll get an agent. So what is the moral of the story here, Allison? <laughs> I think the moral of the story here is, I mean, you would think the moral of the story is don't spray Gorilla Glue on your hair. But listen, I know that people are still going to do that. Okay. Yes. Because if anything, I mean... Tessica was like, don't do this because obviously you can't get out. But I'll be honest, it kind of looked like an endorsement of how well it keeps your hair down. So like I yeah. could see some people looking and being like, oh my God, that's I, want that. I can spray it. Yeah, set it and forget it. Like Forever. <laughs> yeah, like they'd be like, okay, I know it was like hard to get out and whatever. Okay, it's like bad. Don't do this, but I'm still going to do it. Um, That's the moral of the story. But I think the moral of the story actually is if you are going to do something like spray Gorilla Glue in your hair, make sure that you have your phone close by and that you have it charged up with enough batteries. Because this is the type of story that does not well do well in writing. You have to have a video that accompanies it. That's That's how you get it fixed. That's how you get your agent. That's how you become TikTok famous. So Congratulations to Tesca for making sure that her phone had enough batteries in it when she recorded. So what's the most costly mistake you've made? Oh, well. Although this wasn't costly for Tessica. It actually made her money. But what is the most costly yet? I mean, I, I'll be honest. I like don't. I've been uh, I've been poor for a long time. <laughs> so i don't i don't ever like i'll only do stuff if i can like spend a little bit of money and like i am really careful before i do stuff because i'm like okay i can't you know um but i would probably say the most costly thing like the most costly mistake i ever made was um dyeing my hair red so one year i thought i'm gonna look really good with red hair this is for me. I'm going to look gorgeous. Like I had convinced myself it was going to work for me. It was not going to work for me. My skin is too pink. But anyway, I went ahead with it. And it took me a full year of trying to color correct it and strip the hair. Okay. Yeah. That's costly. Yeah. Yeah. But like I tried to strip the color of myself with one of those like box stripping things. And then it made it turn like bright, bright orange. And so, yeah, it was like I had to 
I had to spend a lot of money to try to get it back to like something that looked kind of okay. So something that cost me like $16 to begin with was probably ended up costing me like 350 bucks. Okay. What about you? What's the most expensive mistake you've made? Well, mine is tax related and I'm not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) But I have one that involves my mom and my mom's cat yuki who is in heaven now so god rest is beautiful but not that bright soul Mm -hmm. so like yuki had a ton of health problems and he would go to the vet a lot and one time he couldn't he stopped like pissing and shitting so my mom Mm -hmm. took him to the vet they did a scan and the vet found a huge mass and the vet was like i believe it might be cancer so my mom is like hysterical she's so sad i mean she can't believe it so they're like we have to you know take yuki into surgery and we have to remove this mass they take yuki into surgery they take out the mass and like so to make a long story short the that i guess like checks out the mass or whatever comes back and is like well the good news is he doesn't have cancer what happened is okay can, wait can i can i guess <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Did Yuki eat a tampon? No. Close. Yuki must, you know, he got on the counter and he found a whole almond and he swallowed it completely. He didn't chew it, nothing. So (laughs) it it would not digest. And so I guess like tissue grew around or something. So it looked like a mass. Okay. That fucking cat. And so he was fine, except my mother's credit card bill was not fine, but I was, oh my God. <laughs> it was like a want... really expensive cat snack, that fucking almond. Yuki's would just want to be healthy. <laughs> he should have chewed it, but if only TikTok existed, then, then he could explain it on TikTok and he'd be a star. Allison and I are now quickly going to talk about five stories, starting with a Mr. and Mrs. Smith. TV series. So Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge have joined forces to star in and executive produce a TV series based on Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is the 2005 movie that starred Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. So it will come out on Amazon in 2022. So congratulations to Jennifer Anderson because it's the first time she can watch a Mr. and Mrs. Smith project without punching her TV screen. So yay for her and her TV screen. Mm-hmm. Yay for both Two of them. Two people win. Um, I think, I mean, it's a fun idea. Who doesn't love Mr. and Mrs. Smith besides Jennifer Aniston? Um, but the casting, I'm not sure about because I only know of Phoebe Waller-Bridge from her show Fleabag. Uh-huh. And so that's literally the only characterization I know of her. Yeah. And so I feel like within the first like five minutes of the series, she'll just be like, I'm a spy, crazy, isn't it? She'll just give herself up. And there's, yeah, and there's a, there has to be, doesn't she have a gerbil in Fleabag? I think so. Yeah, so there has to be a gerbil in it. I'm waiting for your Richard Gere joke, Allison. (laughs) No, I was too busy daydreaming about a little gerbil with a um, suit and tie and a gun. (laughs) A spy gerbil. He's dapper. Salma Hayek has been married to billionaire Francois-Henri Penault since 2009, and they have a 13-year-old daughter together. So Francois is um, the CEO of his family's company, Caring, which owns a bunch of luxury brands like Gucci and Yves Saint Laurent. So he's rich, rich. 
Salma Hayek is also rich herself from doing movies, and she comes from a wealthy family. But she was on Dax Shepard's podcast and said that when she first married Francois, people said it was an arranged marriage and that she only married him for money. And to that, she says, yeah, whatever, bitch. Think what you want. 15 years together and we are strong in love. You know, a podcast is the perfect platform to admit that because nobody can see you winking or crossing your fingers behind your back. That's true. That's a good point. But to me, this was very disappointing. Because I know, like, Sama's rich on her own, right? Mm -hmm. But my favorite poet, Little Kim, says, why spend mine when I can spend yours? Mm -hmm. So I always thought that Selma did marry for money and not for love. And I looked up to her for that. And now I'm I'm very disappointed. Oh, crestfallen. Yeah, that's a hard hard, uh, reality to learn. Very sad. So Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox have been dating for at least eight months now, and they've been shoving their everlasting love in our faces on Instagram and beyond. And so, of course, they went extra for Valentine's Day. Megan wrote a poem for Machine Gun Kelly and posted it on Instagram. I won't read it because it's pure cringe and we don't need that today. And Machine Gun Kelly declared his love for her by posting a picture on Instagram of a vial with a a drop of blood in it. And he captioned it, I wear your blood around my neck. (laughs) How very um, great value Billy Bob and Angelina them. Well, there's got to be a great value version of everything. So yes, um, you you got a point. Yeah. yeah. But like, listen, I get it. Except in pandemic times, to me, there's Mm -hmm. a more meaningful way to show how serious you are about someone. Okay. If we learned that Machine Gun Kelly was running errands for Megan Fox, at a busy target during okay. peak hours. Mm-hmm. That's love and commitment. Yeah, he should show her that instead of blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I lied. I'm going to read part of her poem. Okay. So she, this is a part of it. Draped in the towering silhouette of a most unusually handsome boy. <laughs> this is what she wrote. And she also calls him Rehab Barbie. Which is actually kind of funny. I, I love Megan Fox. She redeemed herself with that because this poem... Did you read this poem? I didn't. It's the first time I'm hearing the immortal words of Megan Fox, the poet, poet laureate oh of our time. Oh my god. More like a teenage emo girl on MySpace. Which, that, like. that's art. That's art. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so fresh off the Gorilla Glue hair saga, a man from Louisiana heard about Tessica Brown using Gorilla Glue in her hair, and he thought she was lying. So he decided to do a little test and he put Gorilla Glue around a red Solo cup and then put his lips on the cup. So he apparently ended up in the ER where a doctor had to pry his lips off the glue. And of course, he documented the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how humanity is going to go in that's Gorilla true. Glue stunts. Yeah. That's going to be the end of us. Well, Michael, I mean... This story just proves the old saying true. A minute on the lips, a lifetime of your friends calling you a dumbass. And that ER bill. Mm-hmm. A lifetime paying back that ER bill. Um, and finally, you've heard about the goop candle that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. Well, that is so 2020 because it's all about the vag- vagina-scented mask. So Vice Magazine says that fetish item merchants who usually sell their worn panties and socks are now selling pussy masks. 
So they put the mask in their underwear and they wear it for a, a bit and then sell the coochie scented mask on Sniffer, which is like Etsy for used panties. One seller named Kat said, I think people like them because they're able to enjoy a fetish outside of their home. I think it's like a little secret only they know and it makes it risky and fun. Mm-hmm. Sadly, sales of ball scented masks remain at an all time low. Well, speaking of, like, I'm always looking for a side hustle, too, mm-hmm. right? So, like, this gave me, like, I should rub the mask on my beehole and yeah. then sell that. And it can also double as a sleep aid because you'll pass out as soon as you sniff it. I mean, you may never, you may never wake up, though. I should put that in the disclaimer. We're going to do show and tell this week, but we're going to do it a little differently. So usually Allison and I each share something we're into and recommend. But this week, I'm going to share something that I think Allison will like, and she will share something she thinks I will like or I'm into. Mm -hmm. So I'll go first. Okay. Okay, Allison. Yeah, and you may already know this, but because you're a gourmet... And you, you have you appreciate fine cuisine and you have a very complex palate. So that's why you may have already heard of this. But I immediately thought of you. Okay. I, the second I saw this on, guess where? TikTok. TikTok. So it's a mashed potatoes hack. Okay. I'm listening. So, <laughs> I love mashed potatoes. So you, it's, you basically make mashed potatoes out of potato chips. So... You take your favorite potato chips, put them in a pot, Uh add water, boil them for a bit, drain the water out, and then mash them along with milk, butter, salt, and any other seasoning you want. It is not only gourmet, but it's very economical because you spend at least $2.50 for a 25-cent bowl of instant mashed potatoes. Exactly. And like, you know, it saves you the time of going to the store and buying an actual box of instant mashed potatoes. Thrifty yeah, you, and you, convenient. You spend more to get less. <laughs> I get al- less. And I almost did it for you. But I was <gasps> like, I cannot waste I wish a that bag of potato chips heck, on I wish, I wish that you dust kitchen that one. Okay, in the TikTok video, though, does it because I have questions. Does it get fluffy like mashed potatoes? Because to me, it seems like the kind of thing where you would drain the water off. And then there would just be all these like soggy, flat pieces of chip that would just mash into like a solid layer on the bottom of the pot. No, but it's not fluffy. It's it's like glue. It looks like potato glue. That's kind of like, maybe if you spread it on bread. What? <laughs> but it's it looks it it's works. very glue. Put in your hair. Put in your hair. No, but it's <laughs> two layers afterwards. It is like gluey but it does it rehydrates though you're saying yeah well you put well you you add milk and stuff and you add butter okay when the person was doing this on tiktok i also watched a few of i also like watched it on youtube and stuff so that yeah did you see the people eat it or did they just hold the fork up to their mouth okay no they claimed it was good but uh, i don't know i'll i'll if I get stoned enough one day, I'll try it for you, okay. and I'll let you know. I've never heard of that. I would, I would try it. Why not try everything once? Listen, I I love potato chips. I love adding butter and milk and seasoning to stuff. Yeah, it usually makes everything better. Just add butter, milk. Yeah, yeah. The addition is there. Like the math is the math works out. Okay, maybe I'll try that. I'll let you know. 
The only thing that I hesitate on that is like using any flavor because I don't think some flavors would work well for that. What do you mean? A flavored potato chip? Yeah. Oh, see, I would do it with a fl- flavored potato chip probably. That's what would make it, it unique. Yeah. And <laughs> develop the flavor profile. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, barbecue wouldn't be bad. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to, I'm legitimately probably going to try that. Um, my poor stomach is like, don't. <laughs> Damn you, Michael. <laughs> all right. So my show and tell for you, Michael, is also food related. Okay. It's also TikTok related as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, smart minds think alike. So um, mine is, uh, so you have probably, you might have seen this or you might not have seen this. So it was a TikTok that went viral last week on Twitter. And it shows a woman with like, um, like thick Kelly Clarkson highlights, like old school Kelly Clarkson, making what she calls Mac and Cheetos. So she takes a box of box of Kraft macaroni and cheese, which this is why I'm suggesting it to you because I know you love Kraft macaroni and mm-hmm. cheese. This just seems like a way to, again, enhance the product, uh, to try something new, to get creative with it. So she takes okay. a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese. She also has two bags of um, flaming hot Cheetos. So the one is okay. regular flaming hot, and then she has flaming hot with lime. So she dumps. Um, a whole bag of flaming hot and most of the bag of um, flaming hot lime into a pot of boiling water. Then she like stirs it around and lets that melt into a sauce. Then she takes the cheese packet from it and pours that on top of the Cheeto mixture. The whole time she's cooking the noodles as directed on the box, right? She's okay. not like messing around with that. Yeah. She drains the noodles and then she takes the Cheeto and cheese sauce. sauce. It's like very thick. Mm-hmm. And she ladles it over top of the noodles and she stirs it in. And um, she says that it's very cheesy. It's very spicy because obviously the flaming Hot Cheetos give it a kick. And she says it's really, really good. She loves it. She's eating it in the video and like I can tell she loves it. She's not faking it. And it looks smooth and stuff? It's, it looks like... Is there lumps? No, it looks kind of like a melted milkshake. So it's, it's like a thick sauce. It's like a very thick sauce. But I think, okay, so the first people on Twitter were like grossed out at it because they're like, this is disgusting. But then I was like, okay, but what is disgusting about it though? Because the sauce itself is you, so I don't know how you make Kraft macaroni and cheese. You probably do it like on the box where it's like milk and butter and cheese powder, right? Yes. So I know some people that do it with water. All right. Uh-huh. Look, some people do not have access to milk. Oh. <laughs> some people want to save some money. Water? Water's well, free. Well, you know what that reminds me of? The, uh, mm-hmm. the, like, I, yeah, I did it on a show and tell a while, while ago. Mm-hmm. I did um, because Cheetos made mac and cheese. Yes, exactly. And I went to Walmart and I bought that. So mm-hmm. it's like that. It's It sounds like that, but it sounds creamier maybe. Well, but it- that I had a hard time with because it was like, you know, my mouth, because I'm used to the Cheetos flavor, my mouth wanted crunchy, but I was like, you know, biting into soft. Right. And see, to me, this doesn't, this to me wouldn't like, it wouldn't necessarily register as Cheetos because you're not getting the crunchiness. But here's why I think it would be good is because when you melt down like all of those Cheetos in the water, you're essentially making corn grits. Because yeah. Cheetos are oh, just that corn. That might be good. So all yeah. it is is it's turning into like spicy corn grits that you add cheese to. And then it's basically like mixing corn grits into the pasta. 
It could be either absolutely revolting or really, really good. I love corn grits personally, so I would be into it, but I know how much you love macaroni and cheese and Cheetos. So I thought, this yeah, is I'll something try, that's I'll really try it. I'll try it. Maybe I'll make a lasagna. I'll really elevate it. We should open up a restaurant, by the way. The Michelin star would we'll get it the first day. Yeah, they, with our potato chip mashed potatoes and our. They'll have to stop counting after a while. You know how like Gordon Ramsay has like four. They're like, no, we stopped counting on this restaurant. They get one every hour. It's impossible. Okay, yeah, I may, I may try that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll put it with macaroni though. No, I'll do. I'll try it with macaroni. I'll try it. How you? How what you would you put it. it with? Like I said, like lasagna. Just lasagna. Maybe you, it needs some meat. Oh, yeah, you could put like um like chorizo sausage or something in it. Or like a spaghetti sauce. <laughs> yeah, bolognese. <laughs> It'd be good. Also, you don't have to use like flaming Hot. You could use regular crunchy Cheetos and it would just be like, it would be cheesy grits. Yeah, that that's a good idea too. You should make that, like oh, Cheetos I grits. I think I will. <laughs> okay so those are our show and tells for the week uh we'll definitely try those out and um if you've got a question for our meal bag meal bag or a tip or whatever email us at dtp at delisa.com and if you haven't rated or reviewed us yet please do it helps and that's the end of the show so thank bon you appetit, michael bon appetit <laughs>